0: Yeah, so we are um, starting a Christmas series. We, uh, as, you, as Brian uh, finished up for us last week, we went through Acts for most of the year, and now we are switching gears, and because it's that season, because it's that time, uh, we're, we're just going to embrace Christmas this year. Is that okay? Are we good? Embracing Christmas? Okay. Um, but I want to say, one of the th- challenges that I have during the Christmas season is focus. You know, here we have a whole season where we celebrate Jesus. We celebrate God with us. And yet, sometimes Christmas in this season can be a time that's really hard to focus on Jesus and our faith on the, the reason for this season, um, because there's so much going on. There's so much activity. There's so many thoughts like, hey, what parties do I need to go to? What gifts do I need to get? Uh, what do my kids want? What do my grandkids want? What do my parents want? You know, want, 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 want. And, and we can get so, like, inundated with that. Um, Christmas can also be a hard season. If you've experienced loss or, or, or grief or anything like that, it can be a hard season um, where maybe other other people are celebrating and, and you, you're feeling lonely or, um, or feeling some grief, missing someone. Um, but whatever your season looks like this year, my hope for us this Christmas is that we would, we would grow in Christ. Even in, during this Christmas season, that, yes, it's a time to celebrate, it's a time to be with family, it's a time to be with friends, but it's also an opportunity to, to focus on our hope, Christ, that we celebrate during this season and grow. And so my invitation for you is to not just get wrapped up in all of the external things, but focus on Christ and what He's doing and what He wants to do in your life. And um, so... Over the next few weeks, we're going to focus on one really simple but really important promise of Scripture, and it's the promise of with. One word, with. That God is with us. See, this this word, Emmanuel, it doesn't just show up once in Scripture. It shows up again and again and again. God says to all sorts of people in the Old Testament and New Testament, I am with you. Fear not, I am with you. Over and over and over again. It's a common thing that God continues to remind his people. And so the fact that Jesus is called Emmanuel, God with us, is not new. But it's like this, Jesus is the... um, the biggest example of God being with us, the biggest, the, the ultimate point of God being with us is Jesus, God in the flesh, here with us. God is dwelling with his people. And so we're going to look at that. And while we talk about this idea of God being with us, um, as we talk about this idea of God being with us, it's a simple truth, yet at the same time, there, it can be hard for us to believe, Right? like, like Allison just shared, like there were, there were moments where the, you know, you feel the, the darkness, and, and, and you have to hold on to, to a promise, even if you, if you don't feel like God is with you, or you feel lonely or abandoned, and sometimes we do get, if you're on, if I'm honest, I do get skeptical from time to time, right, and you probably do too, we all get skeptical, and, uh, we all might have questions for God about this, this promise. We all might have different things in our lives that cause us to question the promise of God, right? Hey, if God is with us, then why have I struggled so much? Uh, in my life. Why have I run into problem after problem? Um, Why am I struggling with depression or loneliness or whatever it may be? We could go around the room and we probably all might have questions or, or objections to the idea that God is with us. Maybe something dark that we experienced in our life. But here's the good news this morning. If you have an objection, you're not alone. Okay, you're not alone. If you have an objection, not only are you not alone here, you're not alone historically. If you read scripture, um, you are not any different than the men and women who God used in mighty ways. They all had moments of skepticism. The heroes of our faith all had moments where they were skeptical. Like, I don't really know if God's going to show up. And we're going to look a little, bit at, a little bit about that today. But I want to start out with this idea Um, That everyone struggles to believe that God is with us If it was easy enough to believe it, we wouldn't have to have this series, right? It's like, oh yeah, I believe that God is with us But how about in our moments of crisis and despair and loneliness Do we believe then that God is actually with us? That's why God has to show up and remind his people again and again and again And in the New Testament, God gives this name Emmanuel to a guy that you've probably heard of before named Joseph. Life was going really great for Joseph until God showed up. It was going really, really great until God showed up and he started messing with his life. Think about where Joseph was when God showed up in his life. He was a young man, he was a carpenter, he was growing in his work. He was engaged to a girl that he really cared about. Like, everything was looking good, right? Everything was looking great. And and in that engagement period of your life, there's a lot of anticipation. Like, everything looks forward. You know, you're always thinking about the future that you're going to build and all the things uh, that come with marriage. And so he was looking forward, you know. He was thinking about, I found my soulmate. I'm going to build a life together. We're going to, you know, maybe move to this city. We're going to raise a family. Whatever that might be, you know, those, that's a time in your life where the possibilities seem endless. Like, you could do anything. And yet, God shows up, and he throws a wrench into all that optimism for Joseph. Just He, he just crushes it. And Joseph probably felt entitled to enjoy that, and God destroyed that, right? Because all of a sudden, he found out his bride, Mary, whom he loved, was pregnant. And minor detail, it wasn't his baby, that's kind of a big deal, right? Like, they, they, and, and he had, like, committed to her, and they had stayed pure, and he's wondering, how could this happen? How could this happen? And so that feeling of anticipation turned to terror in a moment. And all of a sudden, he was feeling betrayal, shame, dishonor, grief, all these different things, because in his eyes, Mary went crazy, saying that, that, that she's having a baby through the Holy Spirit. You know, this isn't thing. These aren't normal things. These aren't everyday things. And so Joseph believed in God, but this was way outside of his ability to believe. You know, way outside of his ability to believe. And so what, where we find Joseph in Matthew, where we're going to read Matthew here in a minute, is he's in a fragile mental and emotional state. And, and I, we're going to go ahead and read Matthew 1, 18 through 25. We're going read to read from it, learn from it this morning. So it says this in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him; he took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So you see there's a there's a mentality change where, where joseph uh, starts out in the story and where joseph ends in this story joseph's mentality at the beginning of this story is oh, is not is not okay god i trust you when he finds out that mary is pregnant his first thought is not okay god i trust you i see you in this joseph's mentality at the beginning of the, this story is i'm on my own to figure this out I'm on my own to figure this out. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do things the best way that I know how to do things. And I'm just going to divorce her quietly. What that was is it, it was important that it was quiet. Because if a woman was found in adultery at that time, she could be stoned to death. So he's like, I'm just going to divorce her quietly. She can go live with her parents. And I'm just going to start my life over. I'm just going to, you know, try to try to start things over. I'm not going to make a scene. And... I'm sure that we can identify with with Joseph in that feeling, where we come into times in our lives where, man, I feel alone. I feel like I'm on my own to figure this out. I've got a problem. I'm on my own to figure this out. Whatever the issue might be, whether it's an addiction issue, a marriage issue, a money issue, all sorts of things, we run into these roadblocks, and we're like, I'm on my own. i got to figure it out. And it's not a good feeling. And I've had that feeling before. Um, I've been, there, there was one job that I had at one point that was kind of killing me. It was actually sucking the life out of me. Um, I was on my way to total physical burnout. I saw a doctor at one point and said, you know, if you stay in this job, you'll probably have a shorter life. Uh, I was like, wow, I really got to get out of this job. And so my first impulse was not to just pray. I should have, right? My first impulse was, well, I'm just going to find something really quick. I'm going to scour the job boards. I'm going to do whatever I can to get out of this job. And this was, this is not this job, by the way. I feel like I should clarify that. Uh, This was, this was back in my 20s. Um, But I was just trying to get out because this job was literally sucking the life out of me. And it's when I finally settled down that God showed me a way. And that's actually how I got into ministry, is God kind of showed me this way out. But it's when I calmed down, and he gave me a job I didn't apply for, didn't work really hard for, didn't press for. God just showed up and showed me the way. But we can live with that lingering thought, especially in crisis. I'm all on my own. I'm all on my own to figure it out. And what that does is it leads us down a dark road. It leads us to discouragement, and then it leads us to depression and despair, hopelessness. And that's not what this season is about. This season is about hope for you. And so thank God that we have a God that doesn't just leave us as we travel down that road, He doesn't leave us on that road uh, of of, uh, discouragement, depression, and despair. He actually intervenes, He shows us His love, He intervenes in our doubt and confusion. He he finds ways to break through even when we're spiraling down. And so we see that for Joseph. Joseph is here. He's about to break things off. And then God visits him in a dream. And he speaks right to his heart. And he tells him not to fear. He tells him that the baby is from the Holy Spirit. This is the voice of God, Joseph. It is from the Holy Spirit. And it's okay to marry her. It's okay. It's okay. It will be all right. And so not only does God replace Joseph's fear with faith in this moment, it's not just, oh, I'll get you through. It's also, I have a purpose for you in this moment. It's faith, but it's also purpose. This is actually very significant. What's about to happen, Joseph? This is, there is a huge purpose to your pain. There is a huge purpose. There is a plan. You thought I was being cruel, but actually I have a huge plan in the middle of this. And then he talks about that plan. He reveals the plan. He, he, he reveals more of it. He says the baby will be a boy. He says you'll name him Jesus, meaning God saves. Because this baby will save everyone from their sin. Like that's pretty significant, right? That, that can't be topped. And so he's looking at, wow, this is, this is God with us. This baby is God with us. And this story really is about faith. It really shows us what faith is all about. And just as Allison shared, trusting God is about trusting that God has a plan, even when you can't see that plan. Even when you can't see that plan, even when you don't know what's ahead, it's that, it's that submission to God. And then we get to celebrate later. Um, but yeah, there's hope in that. When there seems like there's no way out when you run into a crisis, God has a plan. In your suffering, God has a plan. Whatever it might be, there are a lot of people right now without homes because of flooding. And I'm not saying that flooding is a part of God's plan, but I do know that God has a plan for everyone affected by that. Our plans are usually really small and, and short-sighted and tend to be focused on our comfort, Right? It's going to be the most comfortable thing for me. Here's the thing. God actually uses our discomfort to accomplish great things. He put Joseph in a really uncomfortable situation so that he could do great, eternal, everlasting things. And, and he wraps it up in this passage when he says, all of, all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. All of Joseph's uncomfort took place to fulfill the promise of God. So while Joseph was in a place where he was inconvenienced or he was uncomfortable, that was how God chose to introduce Jesus to the world through that. I was just wondering this week what if we were more okay with temporary discomfort, right? What if we were more okay with temporary discomfort? What might God do through us? What lives might we touch? Uh, who, Who could be changed if we were okay with being a little uncomfortable? Like asking a stranger if you can pray for them, if you're seeing they're having a hard time. Like choosing to listen to someone who's really struggling, really having a hard time, even if you feel like you don't have enough time to offer. Or maybe just having a conversation with someone who's wandering away from God. If you're okay with being discomfortable, uh, discomfortable, that's a new word for you, by the way. (laughs) Discomfortable. Um, Uncomfortable. If you're okay with that, God might lead you to a place where you're humbled, even humiliated. God might lead you to some awkward situations. God might lead you to a place where some people are upset. But God may have a huge plan in that. God may have a huge plan and purpose in that discomfort. And here, this is the book of Matthew. And what's cool about the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is that they're all written to different audiences. And Matthew is written to the most Jewish audience, the one that is the most knowledgeable about the Old Testament. And so he starts, Matthew starts with this promise and this callback to Emmanuel, God with us, which comes from Isaiah 7. And so here we have another situation in Isaiah 7 that, that... a lot of his Jewish audience would know where there was this king named Ahaz who was just freaking out because two neighboring armies had joined together and they were going to just take over the kingdom of Judah and he, w- he was trying to figure out what's my quick fix his immediate response was not to trust the Lord it was alright how can I fix this situation and so his solution was to send money to the Assyrian empire which was powerful but also like a brutal empire and so his solution was, I'm just going to compromise and do what I think will bring me safety the fastest. And, uh, and so in the middle of that, God gives him this prophecy about Emmanuel. He says to Ahaz through the prophet Isaiah, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. So here Ahaz is stuck in a moment, and God is saying, No, I have this huge plan that you don't even know about because you're so stuck right here huge plan, a a plan much bigger than Ahaz in his moment of crisis. And so what I want to share with you today is, and kind of end on this, is is this idea, is that God's long-term solution to the powerlessness of his people is his presence with us. If we admit it, sometimes we feel powerless in life to change anything, and and God's solution to that is his presence is Him being with us, sending His Son to save us when we can't save ourselves. The message of Scripture is that we're powerless, powerless um, to live a good life, uh, powerless to be a good person, uh, powerless to save ourselves from hell without Jesus. Without Jesus. Because because it's God's presence um, that sets us free. And this was the, this was the thread through scripture. Um, when when the, the nation of Israel were slaves in Egypt, it was God's presence showing up, uh, uh, a pillar of cloud by day, fire by night, leading them. It was his presence that parted the seas, led them across. It was his presence here, and he was speaking through Isaiah to the king. And now we have his presence with us in Jesus. And that's what we celebrate today, is that God is with us. And God has the power uh, to change your life. He has the power to change your life, to change everything. Um, And when we say your will be done, it will. And and, uh, it will be done. And he wants those good things for us. And so, my hope for us in this season is that we'd be able to celebrate, celebrate Jesus who changes everything, that we'd be able to grow in him, that we'd be able to, uh, to, to increase in our faith, um, and not be distracted, uh, but grow, and know that in Jesus we receive comfort and joy and uh, in life. So let's, uh, let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much, God. We celebrate um, this season. Lord, this season is a season of hope. And Lord, my prayer is that you would increase our faith. Lord, that you would show us who you are. Jesus, the light of the world. God, a light that came down into darkness. Lord, and showed us how to live. Showed us who we are. Showed us who God is. And so, Lord, I pray that as we continue uh, in this season, that we would know even more how much you are with us and how much you desire to be with us, that you love us, that you want to be with us. This isn't, this isn't an obligation. This is, this is a with that is like a loving father wanting to be with his kids and connect with his kids. And so, Lord, I pray that you would increase our faith. Lord, I pray that you would increase our boldness. God, in, in our strength. We celebrate the miracle uh, that you've done right in our midst, God. And Lord, we look forward to more. I pray that each life in here, there would be a miracle story, God, uh, of, of you coming through, of faith, God, and of blessing. God, of peace, of joy, of endurance. God, we are uh, we are thankful and grateful in Jesus' name. Amen.